0: I'm not afraid to
1: On thanks to Branch, your local John Deere equipment supplier, Sam Ackerman, in the hot seat for you today, but we heard the the sultry sounds of our doyen, the man himself, uh, Ian Smith, of course, doing an amazing job uh, commentating the Cricket World Cup, so we will uh, do exactly what Smithy would want done uh, at said moment and have a, a chat about what was a pulsating game. And with the World Cup final as dominating and controversial as it is, it's really easy for some of these other pretty remarkable things, uh, an incredible contest that happened over the weekend to slip through the cracks. We will make sure we do what we can uh, to keep you informed on that, uh, keep those that the part of the conversation as well and we'll and have now a cricket update with resine quality paints and colors perfect for your projects and uh, scnz commentator garth galloway joins us now appreciate your time this morning garth and holy moly that game had much more than i predicted we know new zealand australia can turn it on but I, i'm i'm gonna tell you man uh, if <laughs> that opening stand from australia i i presume the worst straight away Well, you went on your own, Sam, and good morning (laughs) to you and your listeners. And nice
0: to have a break from the rugby for a moment, and and not for long, probably. But look, uh, it was an incredible game, and I thought that that, I mean that start by Warner and Head was just fabulous—a partnership of one hundred and seventy-five and you know nineteen overs. And at one stage, they were taking over at over twelve runs and over. Um, And so I think. You know, what we saw in that, I mean, A, the Australian decision to hold uh, Head back and bring him back into the squad quite late in the tournament. Uh, he had a broken bone in his hand, and you can see just how much value uh, he adds to that team, 109 off 67 balls. So it, it was a magnificent uh, innings, and really Warner pales, paled in behind him with his uh, his 81. But I think, you know, the thing for me, Sam, that I thought was impressive was how New Zealand started just to pull things back a little bit. You know, the next highest scorer was, um, was Maxwell, who made 41 in a couple of 30s. And they, they did manage to, to, to pull Australia back. They got the run rate back still to a very high 7.86. But they, they kind of hung in there. And I really like that in, in this team. They look like they're playing for each other. They have a good culture and, and they're tough and determined.
1: Yeah, isn't, I agree. Uh, and There's it, a lot to like about what happened uh, from the Black Caps, but we, we, we do need to talk about what happened uh, with the bowlers. Was it a case of these two gentlemen from, from Australia were nauseatingly good? Uh, they just got themselves in a zone that uh, no one could have hung with? Well, it didn't feel like uh, there was as many threatening uh, deliveries in the early stages from a pretty experienced pace attack. Uh, Yeah. Look, I think that's a really fair comment,
0: and um, you know, Henry. uh, they, They they obviously targeted Henry, and they went after him early, and he. You know, I think he was. I think he looked a little bit shell shocked and surprised by it. Uh, You know they say uh, up at that ground, way up in the Himalayas at uh, Damasala that the ball swings a little bit more up there. We haven't really seen Bolt swing the ball much, um, and and that does detract from him uh, a lot. You know, would love to see. You know, New Zealand will be a different side if Bolt can start to swing the ball and just find a little bit of movement early on. Uh, He still bowled pretty well, uh, three for seventy-seven. He's expensive. Ferguson was the one that was the worry for me. Three overs, none for thirty-eight, and then injured. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just worry looking at the side now, haven't heard much about what that injury is, Sam, and how bad it is. Uh, You know, there's not much left uh, on the benches now. You've got Sodi and Saudi who have yet to play a game in the World Cup. And, you know, haven't heard a thing about Saudi uh, throughout the tournament. We heard in the first game against England when New Zealand performed so well that, he, had, he didn't have feeling in his thumb after that, um, you know, quite significant operation that he had to have to fix that injury uh, here in New Zealand and before he went to Australia, went to India. So it, it's just, you, you know, they need Ferguson desperately. He has been a little bit expensive at times in the tournament. To, to, to go back to your question, though, and think about, was it, was it the, the New Zealand bowling that was poor or the Australian batting that was incredible? Pro- probably somewhere in between, I think, Sam. And when you look at it and think that New Zealand were able to almost chased down this total that tells you a lot about the pitch conditions doesn't it you know it was flat and in a very you know a, a bowl of death really uh, I, I think that new zealand will learn from it they look like they were stuck in the headlights i thought that um it was strange to see henry after going for um 30 30 off his first two overs being given another over at, at three you know i'd like to see changes being made a, a bit with a bit more speed and things when when New Zealand get into these situations as they will from
1: time to time. Yeah, you make a really good point as well. After that um, outrageous, and in, in fact, Smithy at the time referred to it as a savage uh, opening stand, and that was an a yeah. a, a accurate description of the brutality uh, that was being thrown at that <laughs> that willow just heading thing, these things to pieces. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Take that away, and you can look at the rest of the scorecard and go, you know, against an Australian team that's playing back in the form, that's not bad. And I want to talk to you about the, 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 the man I call the circuit breaker, Glenn Phillips. His value to this team seems to be increasing to me. We we, we spoke uh, a little bit earlier on uh, in the tournament, Garth, after he uh, produced some heroics uh, early on. He's someone you he can kind of bring in for a couple of hours over, sorry, and make a difference. He bowled ten. He bowled a ten over set of uh, and got three for 37, and those wickets were hard fought too. He he, he really can change not just a, a batting innings but a bowling innings quite severely at the moment.
0: I, I thought he was remarkable, and and again, you know, credit to Latham for getting him into the attack, you know, reasonably reasonably early, in terms of overs, uh, the the runs were, were on the board, but he picked up the wickets of Warner, Head, and Smith as well. You know, not a bad trio for a no. for a player who's who's seen as a part time off spinner. You know, his role is absolutely critical, and I think he supports. Uh, a very well. Santner's been a star in this tournament. He has uh, 12 wickets. So I think he's sitting third in the wicket taking stakes. Uh, he was expensive. He, you know, he got hit two for 80. The other player. So, so you're absolutely right about Phillips. I think he's also, you know, batting at six. I I just wonder whether they should think about moving him up um, ahead of Tom Latham, uh, you know, and dropping Latham down. Latham's a good player of spin. He hasn't really you know, still found that consistent form that you love to see from Tom Latham. I and mean, New Zealand's a much better side when he's playing spin well and scoring runs consistently. And I wonder if Phillips could pop up the order a little bit. The other player who obviously we'll talk about is Ravindra and his batting, but also, you know, I do think his bowling is starting to to, to play an important part as well. Mm. Eight overs, none for 56. So seven runs and over, not too bad, really, when you see Santner going at eight, Ferguson at 12.6. Henry at um at 10.5 and Bolt at 7.7 you know it was a good effort
1: yeah, and uh, look, shout out to Bolt as well with the tail. Uh, while he uh, wasn't finding it in, uh, his rhythm at the start, uh, he grabbed three wickets in an open. Yes, it was the yep. tail, but uh, that, you know, that's restricted the damage quite substantially. Had things got a little out of hand there, we're not talking about a tight run chase, are we? So uh, that was, I think, an important step. And you're right, uh, we are going to talk about uh, Rush and Ravinda, an- another World Cup century. Uh, his 100 came off, what, 70 odd balls, 116 off 89 then. Can we start using his name as a superlative yet? Uh, is that getting-, we're getting too early to? <laughs> To, to add his name to uh, to, to dictionaries?
0: I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit conservative with things like that, Sam. I'm probably the wrong person to be asking. I'm sure so, you, a lot of your listeners will, will talk about, you know, uh, uh, what a Russian day they had. <laughs> but, um, but look, I, yeah, no, he, he's doing very well, you know, and, and it, it, it actually the interesting thing for me is it pales into, you know, it really does show to me how, how foolish the experience uh, the, the experiment with Finn Allen has been you know how how talked up he was and how he was the player to come in and, and you know and New Zealand were talking about him in the World Cup 12 months beforehand he's not there um, and players like Ravindra, you know, who have a good defensive game and you can't, and this is the problem with Alan, you 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 can't uh, perform in games like this with the ball when it does move around a little bit against very good attacks. You look at sides like that Indian attack, which bowled so well against England overnight. Uh, you have to have a defensive game as well as an attacking one. And I think that's the thing I've been so impressed with, with Ravindra about. He, he, he does build it around a good defensive game. He's a terrific striker of the ball. And you know, last and in the game against Australia, five sixes and in his innings and nine fours. You know, he, he was just fantastic. And you and you do think that, you know, Young I think will have to drop out as soon as Williamson comes back. Uh, and then I think you really do strengthen up the batting with Williamson coming in. You have Conway and Rabindra at the top, Mitchell at four, who's been, you know, just continues to 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 amaze really with his consistency and form. And I also like. Seeing Nisham coming in for that game. Um, he, he is, his bowling was underdone and a bit expensive, uh, but he adds a hell of a lot with the bat. And to come in and have his first bat of the tournament and score 58 off 39 deliveries, three fours and three sixes, he very nearly got them there.
1: Yeah, I want to come back to Nishan in a second, but I want to talk about Devon Conway because we, he, just when he hits those balls, they, they stay hit. Those, those balls almost don't want to come back to the bowler. He belts them that hard, and he looked he looked magnificent uh, in, in where he was. It was uh, unfortunately going out the way he did. Uh, but I'm 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 kind of noticing after that wonderful um, first innings of the tournament for Conway, we're seeing starts and not pushing through. Is there any concern for yep. you that we're not getting the best out of Devon Conway?
0: Uh, Not really, uh, because uh, because they're winning games, I suppose, or or they're getting close. And I think that game against Australia, had they done what people might say would be the usual and capitulated for two hundred and twenty or something, you know, and having lost to India the other day and with South Africa coming up, I think you see real doubts coming into the side. But I think having seen the side, uh, you know, scoring three hundred and eighty-three, it was a magnificent effort. Uh, Conway, I think, yeah, it's interesting, two seventy-seven runs at fifty-five and for a player of his quality in those conditions i mean he's such a good player he will feel that he is failing when he looks at rovinger at 306 runs and and mitchell 322 and so on so i I think we'll get a lot more out of conway i think he's a fantastic player as you say you know he's a a wonderful striker of the ball um you know he, he will go through phases like this he's getting starts and again a pity to see him get out in that way uh, but the main thing is that, you know,
1: the other players were able to pack it up, and that's a sign of a good side. Yeah, and look, you mentioned before about James uh, Nation. When Jimmy's in that kind of zone, he is just a joy to watch. The only reason he got out was just trying to push the envelope with those extra runs when they were needed. He looked yep. he looked unstoppable in that regard. Now, is is there room? For him and Chapman on the same side, and if not, you come to you're coming to a knockout game. Who are you going to want? Both of these guys play such a crucial role uh, there. But can you put them both in?
0: I I don't think so. Unless, well, well, it depends, I suppose, Sam, on on whether Williamson's available or not. And you may have heard, I I, I haven't heard anything about about that. It's tracking um, okay,
1: apparently. Gary, yeah. his, his workload's picking up. Uh, Gary Stead uh, said on the news a little bit earlier. Okay, is he's, he's he, it's moving in the right direction, but uh, they haven't committed to um, being available for South Africa in a couple of days' time or anything like that. All
0: right. Well, if you pick him, if you pick him against um, South Africa, and the, then I think you have to play Nisham and Chapman. Chapman will miss out. If, for example, he's he's not available, then I suppose the question is whether you you play Nisham and Chapman and the player I think who would miss out then would be would be Young. Um but that just seems to me to be well well, you know, yeah, I, I mean I think I could live with that. You could have Conway and Ravindra opening the batting. Uh you'd have to think about I mean you could probably move Phillips up to three. He's such a good player and I think yeah. he would you know, he would enjoy a challenge like that. Um, it does make you a little bit more you know, possibly a tiny bit weaker. But but I think when you, but, but it gives you so much ball striking and I think when you look at the really good sides in these sort of tournaments now all rounders are the key um, I mean Chapman. Actually, I was, I was looking at his figures before the interview. Sam, he actually hasn't bowled in the one-day international, so he would be he would be there for his striking. Uh, you wouldn't be considering him as a bowler, or, or no. he'd be a bonus if he was. So yeah, I, I mean I think it's possible, but it does it just does seem to um, to, to play around with the balance a bit. And, and I think the better thing would be obviously for everybody and everyone would love to see this Williamson back. And then I think you pick Nisham ahead of Chapman for me.
1: You mentioned East Saudi before. We've seen, we've seen him on the, uh, in the field um, as a subfielder. Are you surprised we've got to this stage of the tournament and haven't seen him out there? I think we might have uh, lost Garth along the way. Esh uh, hasn't been... Has been used to date. Is uh, uh, we we know, and certainly at SCNZ, and I, I can tell you, and, and the run home lads uh, in particular, uh, crew are uh, they're very uh, very bigish Sony fans. So uh, wanting to see him involved is one thing. Another thing I think needs to be pointed out is that the Black Caps were pretty woeful in the field. The, the Black Caps in the field put down some catches there. Considering it's been a strength for so long, uh, I was really surprised and I think it gave the Aussies too many opportunities uh, and that came back to bite them on the backside. Uh, I believe we've got Garth back. Garth, would you agree that the fielding was quite un-Black Caps-like?
0: Very much so. And um, and I don't think you'll see them field
1: as badly as that again.
0: It, it, was, it was really un-Black Caps-like because they are you know, you look at those players, they are terrific in the field um, and they pride themselves on it. It, it was strange, you know, you know, Mitchell dropped a catch which was really surprising. He's got big hands and he's as safe as anything and I think we saw in contrast towards the end of the innings uh, the Australian fielding. Gee, it was it was just terrific. <laughs> Their ground fielding was incredible and, uh, you know, Australia, I think, were thinking, crikey, how, how can this New Zealand side get as close to this? They were desperate in the field uh, and they did well, but interestingly, the feeling at times in India for, for a lot of the teams, we've seen quite a few catches going down, and and surprises and things. And again, it's going to be an absolute key part as we head into these semi-finals, and and you know towards the final, you know it could it could very much be the difference between winning and losing.
1: Yeah, listen. I think you're right. I'd be very surprised if we see a performance like that again. But I, I, I couldn't believe some of those efforts. Um, and while some of them, let's be fair, they were some tough chances along the way. But those are chances the Black Caps are famous for converting. So uh, we got next yep. up is against South Africa. That is uh, an intriguing game. It's a big game in the context that you know it's getting towards the business end now. You want to start performing against teams that can be a challenge. I still think that uh, they should all walk out there with uh, with Elliot written on their back just to really put the uh, the scares. Up them, uh, but you know, I, I get a funny feeling there might be some kind of rules to stop that happening. Garth, uh, how much value and we and how much interest you place in the South African game?
0: A lot, because um, you know, again, we're coming down to the psychology part of the of the t- tournament. For me, you know, New Zealand have done a lot of the hard work, and they should. Uh, they should, with three three games left, they've got South Africa, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. They should, given how the other games have gone, and you've only got but um, behind the top four, you've got Sri Lanka, Pakistan, and Afghanistan, and the Netherlands with two wins apiece. You know they they're two wins behind uh, New Zealand and Australia. So New Zealand should qualify. Uh, that means to me the South African game becomes pretty critical again from that psychology point of view. Uh, New Zealand might end up, I mean, it would be lovely to see them win a couple out of the last three, and if they did that, uh, that would put them into second or third place, I suspect uh and that means that they would that they'd likely end up well against i mean the key i think is to miss india in the semi-final if you can but i think that australia south africa you know that they are they are both going to provide very uh you know rich opposition to any side uh and so from from here on in it gets you know it gets incredibly tough and into those semi-finals. But the New Zealand side showed that they play with a lot of character and as i said to you earlier sam you saw them picking their way back against australia where, where many sides i think would have put their heads down or thrown their arms up and said you know we're out of this and to see them almost chase down that that that, that uh, huge total it tells you that they're a side of character so you know you know i i think they've done incredibly well in this tournament so far and uh you know the south african game i think i think it's a very important one indeed.
1: Yeah, only uh, three more games left in the round, uh, Robin. And this, uh, this might be maybe not the most popular take. I don't know, Garth. Maybe you want India in the semifinal. Maybe you want them in the semifinal yeah. because well, in the final... What that how the home, that home crowd and they're playing? I imagine they're playing in that stadium that holds uh, two hundred and fifty million. Uh, that is that going to be yeah? You know, that'd be a pretty hard hard ask to get past. So if you want to win the World Cup rather than say I want to get in the final and we'll see what happens, maybe you want to in the semis. I don't think you want them <laughs> at any time. But the fact of the matter remains that that may be an easier opportunity to tip them up than the final. Yeah, well, look, uh, and and maybe you know, India maybe they they
0: get ahead of themselves in, in a semi and think that you know if they're playing a side like New Zealand, they'll they'll coast into the final. But I think um, look, you've got to beat them, haven't you? I mean, yeah. you, you you're going to meet them in either the semi or the final. I would have thought, um, unless uh, South Africa or Australia kick them out, and I actually, I don't know, I can really see that happening. But but anything can happen, I suppose. Um, yeah, look, I it wouldn't worry me. I, I guess you get them in the semi-final, you you know, if you're not going to get them there, you're going to get them in the final. To win the World Cup, you've got to be able to beat the top side. So Mm -hmm. uh, they'll just take it as they see it. And you can't, of course, worry about whereabouts you're going to end up on the table. You need to get out there and try and win every game. And that's what the New Zealand side will be doing.
1: Now, uh, if we look at the, uh, the ladder we see New Zealand sitting uh, in third, of course, they can push themselves as high as second, and, uh, and so I'd say first yeah. will end up being out of reach. But if you, uh, if you put on your, uh, your scuba gear and uh, dive down the depths as we go down past Sri Lanka, Pakistan, past Afghanistan, past the Netherlands, past Bangladesh, we reach the absolute bottom where all the silters at the bottom of the floor there, uh, the ocean deep, <laughs> and we find England. In- England are sitting last in the cricket world cup standing with three games to go what the hell is going on in this world i know tournaments can be an unusual beast but this is one of the greatest capitulations in tournament sport i can remember in a very long time
0: yeah i agree with you and it's not it's not like they've done it you know it's not like they're narrowly missing out on a semi-final berth or whatever they are just being mauled. Um, and I think their next game they've got Australia, which I shouldn't think is going to improve things for them. They might uh, then go on and beat the Netherlands in the last game they played Pakistan. So uh, I I, can't, I just cannot work out, Sam, what's happening with this side. They came into it. Uh, I think all the pundits were saying that they were the second best one-day side in the world. India were going to be the favourites at home. Uh, and And then people were talking about England. And they have just completely failed uh, in a way that is it's just impossible to, to fathom and, and I was doing an interview um, over the weekend and just talking about how you know what's going on inside the camp it's, it's absolutely fascinating to me to think that a side like this can come out and play so poorly um, I, I think Butler's leadership—you know—he's—he's he's sort of in a couple of interviews thrown his hands up and said we just can't work it out and so on. Um, you know that for me doesn't show the sort of leadership that that you need. And I've watched him—you uh, know—when w- things start to go awry and he seems to go quiet. Um, I mean, it can't ov- obviously all rest with him, but they—they've they, just struggled so much and and you, you just—it's it, it, bizarre. It, and I can't—you know—I really cannot put my hand on it. Um, it's it's incredibly strange to see what's occurred. Uh, I think they they placed a lot on Stokes being in the squad and thought yeah. that he might come over there and change things. But if you look, you know, if you look at the New Zealand batting averages and you see that, that we have a couple of players way up there in the eighties and, and in the fifties and so on. You know, Willie is is averaging is the top for the bats. He's only had three innings, but he's averaging forty two. I mean, that, that's um obviously boosted by not outs and things. Milana's averaging thirty nine. Atkinson, you know. A bowler, uh, one innings at 35 and then you've got Brook 32, Root 29, Bairstow 23, Butler 17, Stokes 16 and then Moan Ali who's been a very good performer over many years, 13, Curran 11 I mean it's just, it is utterly woeful and for me uh, and then you look at their, their bowling figures and the, the economy rates are a concern for them as well so they'll be looking forward to getting out of India as soon as they can, uh, there will then be a massive debrief and you wonder um, the coach will have to go, uh, and you wonder what England will then do i mean they 're a very ambitious side they 've got plenty of money and um, you know you wonder how they 're going to unpack this and repair the damage two words bru McCullum. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, <laughs> love, yeah, they, 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 they won't they won 't not try.
0: You won't be the first person to suggest that. And, um, and I thought, you know, if you were in Brendan's position, why would you? Exactly. <laughs> um, well, you could have said that uh, about you know, the test
1: situation as well, in fairness, Garth. They were, they yep. were crumbling to pieces before uh, Baz came in there and did what, uh, what he did. So he's a man who clearly, and you know, he's a man that likes a challenge. So uh, it's Well, not, he loves a challenge. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out uh with every uh five by my being, but I give fair, fair indication you get a far better insight than uh, than I on that guy. But look, if if Bad's isn't available, Ian Foster is. So, you know, if they need a New Zealander uh, we've got we've got some options for them.
0: <laughs> well he Garth, has a Garth. wonderful life, uh, does Baz and I and I and I think yes, just quickly, you know, he's based in Mother Mother and um and he doesn't live in the UK, so he goes over there before tours yep. and travels with the team obviously and has the build up over there. So I think the whiteboard would necessitate a shift and um I don't know, he loves those he loves those horses and that beautiful rural uh you know, that bu- bucolic that feeling that Matter Matter offers him.
1: Well listen, we love Baz and Baz is living the dream. so uh anyone who agrees to take this job may need to uh also undergo some kind of psychiatric assessment just to make sure that you uh, wanna take <laughs> this gig on. It is it it is a poison chalice right now. I Garth Galloway I appreciate your insight as always. Thanks, Sam. None of us want a psychiatric assessment. Last <laughs> <Talk laughs> well, nice thing I need is one. Well. Let me tell you. <laughs> this is our cricket <laughs> interview, uh, thanks to uh resine for quality paints, colours, and expert advice. You can trust resine in the paint for professionals use.